question is this. How do we get two groups of people to come together? Those that are completely disengaged with what I call their personal physical health status and those people who are in love with their physical health status and doing something about it. How do we bring them together so that everybody fits into the second category of falling in love with their physical health, lowering their risk of disease and feeling amazing? We're going to find out in today's episode of the new science of physical health. Hey everybody, welcome back to this episode of the Daily Drop number 156 here. I've got a question for you straight out of the gate, as they say, this top end of this episode. If you went to a doctor, what medical biometrics do you think they would want you to get tested in order to prove that you were classified as physically healthy from a medical perspective? So when you go there, what kind of things do you think the do- you know your doctor that you see on a regular basis, wherever you are in the world, we're now up to 74 countries still listening to this program at the time of this recording, and 810 cities. So we've got some growth in a number of cities, which I'm excited about. So share this with as many people as you can, especially if it's someone in a different country, that'd be tremendous. So the reason I ask you that question is because inside the health coaching lab, we have a, I have a diagram in module number four. So in each module, there are three critical diagrams. And in this critical diagram, the third one out of the module four, which is called feedback, which the, the term is, is self-evident. It's like, well, what feedback tells you, in this case, the health coaching lab, what makes you classified as physically healthy? So in this third diagram, it's called medical biometrics. And, and the learning question or the coaching question is, what are the best medical biometrics that you should track to be at low risk? Low risk of what? The two leading causes of sickness and death. The things that you and anyone you influence will be faced with the most. Cardiovascular events and cancer events. Just so that you're nice and clear on this, 18 million people a year will pass away from a cardiovascular event worldwide. 8.2 million, so around less than less than half, still insidious and horrible, but 8.2 million people will pass away from a cancer event. So my father passed away from a cardiovascular event, sudden heart attack, age 46. And then years later, my mother passed away from a cancer event when she was diagnosed with a cancer event and then seven days later, it passed away. So they are the two leading causes of sickness and death. Third place is way down the ladder in terms of the volume of people. Collectively, respiratory diseases, and not COVID, but other respiratory type conditions, um, is 3.2 million on a global basis. So the first two are way out in front. Now that's just causes of death. That's not the number of people that actually get sick from those cardiovascular events and cancer events and survive. So it's about double globally. So 36 million get sick, half of those pass away. Eight, uh, 16 million um, get sick from cancer events and 8.2 million pass away. So then the question, the question that I pose in this feedback section of the health coaching lab is this diagram. So here are the, here are the things that I have in the diagram. I have um, blood pressure, blood sugar, heart arrhythmia, 
Then I have three things. So they're medical biometrics that get measured by a doctor. I could have just as easily had triglycerides, cholesterol, uh, HDL, LDL ratio, which is a two, that's a ratio between um, uh, what is t- commonly called good and bad cholesterol. HDL is high density lipoproteins. Um, they are smaller um, globules of um, lipoproteins and uh, blood fat, and they are a healthier type. Because and then you've got the LDL low density lipoprotein. So the more high density you've got, typically the better it is, and the lower the lower level of or lower volume, I should say, of low density lipoprotein, the um, better that better that is. In certainly the ratio when you divide them. But then I've got down the other side of this chart three things: active heart fitness score, rest heart fitness score, and recover heart fitness score. Three things typically that a doctor will not be so interested in when it comes to, if the doctor you go to will not be so interested in any of those things. And in fact, the first one, active heart fitness score, there's another medical name for that, which your doctor will know. And I've I've changed for the purposes of my education program. The medical name is called CRF, that is cardiorespiratory fitness score. And it's essentially a score that measures the what I call your active heart fitness score. So I changed it to that because I thought that was a better descriptor for education purposes, not for medical purposes. So the doctor will be more fam- will only be familiar with your cardiorespiratory fitness score. Now here's an interesting thing. If you were to ask your doctor the importance of cardiorespiratory fitness score, they may not, they may understand, not may understand, they'll understand at a surface level what the terminology means and what it's actually measuring. So it's a function of how the capacity of your heart to transport oxygen around your body in the blood vessels, dump it off at the muscles, pick up carbon dioxide, and get rid of the carbon dioxide. You can score that as a, as a number, millimoles per liter per kilogram per minute. That's the, the unit of measurement. Now, the thing is that I, as if you followed this program and, and you know, deep into now the health coaching lab here at module number four, where I'm talking about biometrics and feedback, you know that I've interviewed over 100 PhDs in all walks of life, but particularly cardiology, exercise physiology, exercise science, physical activity research, and public health are areas that relate to these measurements. So here's what happened. In 2016, the American Heart Association released this groundbreaking scientific study that the title of the study said that doctors should be recommend to test in their patients this measurement called cardiorespiratory fitness score. And in fact, if you've listened to previous parts of the health coaching lab, when you get become to the get to the influencer framework in um, in module number two, which is the first diagram, you'll remember that the doctors were recommended to test this in their patients because it has a higher pre, uh, prediction rate about having a cardiovascular event either now or in your future life than just about any other um, uh, biomedical biometric. And by having a 
satisfactory active heart fitness score or CRF in medical terms, you will have health adaptations that will cause you to be at low risk of a cardiovascular event. So here's what that paper was saying, that if you raise that score, and the, way, the only way to do it is through physical activity, the correct dose of physical activity, which is another one of our diagrams in the 18 critical diagrams, but if you raise your active heart fitness score, then high blood pressure doesn't become an issue. Um, things like your endothelial function, which is your artery function, the arterial stiffness. So that was a paper, and there's a whole lot more things. That was a paper published in 2016 by the gold standard esteemed American Heart Association. So here's the question I'm going to ask you. Have you ever been required by your doctor, by any doctor you visited, to go and get your active heart fitness score tested, your CRF, cardiorespiratory fitness score? And the answer to that is, I will be stunned if any person can email me and say, yep, that's actually happened to me. My doctor's actually asked me to go and get that tested. The reason I'll be stunned is because the average doctor doesn't have a clue because they weren't trained, not their fault, in how to actually measure it. They don't know how to. It's not like measuring blood. It's not like finding out what your cholesterol level is. It's not like finding out what your blood pressure score is or your kidney function. This is something that's a specialist area left up to typically people who have PhDs in exercise physiology, and they are nowhere near as prevalent in, the, in our communities on a global basis as what a GP, general practitioner, or a doctor is. Now, each country that listens to this program has a different uh, structure of how their doctors work in, in their country. But in Australia, we can go and visit our doctors for free under a program called Medicare. But they don't test. Doctors don't test. They don't even know generally where to refer people to to get it tested because the exercise physiology community is typically not linked to the medical community. So you end up with a situation where the, this paper from the American Heart Association made this recommendation and it's not permeated through into society. So it was like, well, what does that mean? It's like, surely, Shane, why are you recommending it in the health coaching lab? Here's why. As I record this um, particular episode, it is, the, um, it is the 2nd of November, 2021. Now, I normally don't put down the dates that I record episodes. And the reason I do that is because I want them to be... Um, fairly uh, timeless as it were so that it's not referencing a time but this is important in order for me to do this and i'll tell you why the paper and i'm about to reference here the medical research paper published in what's called the um, journal of american medicine association uh, um, uh, magazine so it's called JAMA. so it's a medical uh publication and this article was published on October the, when I say article, medical research, published on October the 29th, 2021. So whenever you're listening to this, it might be very recent if you're listening to this episode as it was published. But this is fascinating. Let me tell you the title of this and why measuring your active heart fitness score 
is the most critical thing you can actually do to determine what health adaptations are or are not happening inside your body. Now, I'm not gonna go through in this episode how you raise your active heart fitness score. I'm not gonna go and talk about what is a good active heart fitness score for your age and for your gender. That's for other sections of the course. In this section here, what I'm going to do is talk about the key points of this particular medical research. Remember, I wanted to talk about medical biometrics and what are the best ones to measure to tell you or people you influence and care about that you are classified as physically healthy or they are. Listen to this. Here's the title. Association of Cardiorespiratory Fitness Score in Midlife with Cardiometabolic Outcomes and Mortality. So here are the key points. And I'm going to go through this, this research a little bit. Question. Is cardiorespiratory fitness in midlife associated with subclinical atherosclerosis, vascular stiffness, and risk of cardiometabolic disease and mortality. Let me explain that quickly, Those what those terms mean, because when I'm talking to sometimes an audience here where there are just students who don't have any background in exercise physiology or exercise science. So is your CRF, your active heart fitness score, that medical biometric, in your midlife, what's your midlife? I don't know, 40? Associated with subclinical. That means where you haven't felt any outcome of a disease. So I'll give you an example. Before you have a feeling, before you feel pain in your teeth, it's already starting to rot. Does that make sense? That, pro, that time period where you can't feel pain in the tooth nerve, but it's starting to um, rot, where it's going to need a filling in order to stop that rotting and they've got to clean it out. That is called subclinical. Disease is happening, but you don't know it and you can't feel it. So, and you can't, and it's not diagnosed. So, atherosclerosis is a form of blood fats depositing themselves in the wall of the artery. That's very bad. You don't want that to happen to you. Vascular stiffness is as you age, if you have the incorrect dose of physical activity, you don't get nitric oxide released into the blood vessels to have vasodilation, which means uh, elastic arteries. That's the best way to describe it. So they become more stiff, bad thing, terrible situation. That can very much put you at risk if you of a cardiovascular event if you have stiffening in the arteries and the risk of cardiometabolic disease. So things like problems with your heart function. And I'll just talk about two things, cardiac output and stroke volume. Those two things are examples of cardiometabolic disease. There are lots of other things to do with cardiometabolic disease. And then the final thing is mortality, which is death. So putting all those things together, if you have a, is whatever your score for your cardiorespiratory fitness score is, or active heart fitness score, I call it, is it having a relationship to atherosclerosis, vascular stiffness, and cardiometabolic disease, and risk of death? So here are the findings. And let's go to the, um, the, res- the uh, results. Actually, I'll go to the conclusions of this. There's a whole lot of things here. There's an abstract. And uh, let's have a look at what the abstract says. Oh, here we go. Let's go through the abstract first of all. Importance. Remember, October 29th, 2021. 
this medical research comes out. And it's a whole bunch of um, research professors from Boston University in the USA who did the research for this. The associations of estimated, uh, sorry, the associations of cardiorespiratory fitness score during midlife um, are not, and all those things I just mentioned, atherosclerosis, arterial stiffness, and cardiometabolic disease and mortality are not well understood. The objective of this particular research to examine the associations of midlife cardiorespiratory fitness score with subclinical, all those things I mentioned, atherosclerosis and so on. So the design, the, the study included 2,962 participants in the Framingham study second generation that was conducted between 1979 and 2001. Data was analyzed between January 2020 and June 2020. So just to clarify this, the study back in 2016 from the American Heart Association, that was conducted on hundreds of thousands of people. This one is very specific about trying to, what they did was they didn't test people's actual active heart fitness score. They used an algorithm based on, so the Framingham study is this massive heart study, right? And what happens is they had a whole lot of data about what we call anthropometric data and medical data from 2,962 people. They had enough data, so things like height, weight, age, gender, um, that they would have had body fat measurements, they would have had blood cholesterol measurements, a whole bunch of other things from the Framingham study, right? this massive heart study. So. They took that data, created an algorithm to estimate the active heart fitness score, not to actually test these people. So, and by the way, this algorithm, very accurate. So they wanted to know whether this estimated algorithm from the medical data could then predict whether or not people would get disease. So, um, it says here that estimated cardiorespiratory fitness score was calculated using gender-specific algorithms, including, here we go, bot age, I didn't see this was there until a minute ago, age, body mass index, waist circumference, physical activity, resting heart rate, and smoking, and was categorized into different, different sections. So, what it does, let's go now down to conclusion on this. This is very interesting. I find it to be absolutely fantastic. It says, in this cohort study, higher midlife estimated cardiorespiratory fitness score was associated with lower atherosclerosis, lower vascular stiffness, both, both brilliant to be lower, because it means you have a lower risk of a cardiovascular event, and a lower risk of hypertension, high blood pressure, lower risk of diabetes, lower risk of chronic disease, lower risk of cardiovascular disease, and lower risk of mortality or death. This is what it says, our findings suggest the midlife estimated cardiorespiratory fitness score may serve as a marker of cardiometabolic health and mortality later in life, highlighting the importance of adopting a healthy lifestyle, including regular physical activity, it says here, during midlife, I would argue during all your life. Now, here's the most important thing out of the medical biometrics. If you, when we have a clinically validated health software to do this, by the way, which we talked about in here in feedback in the first diagram and the second diagram. If you raise your active heart fitness score and then it gets converted in our software, the clinically validated software, it gets converted into 
a health impact score, that health impact score is then saying things like, you will have lower risk, almost no risk of hypertension if you hit the health impact score of 100 points, which we talked about in previous episodes. You will have a lower risk of type 2 diabetes, if not very low risk. You'll have low chance of chronic disease, kidney disease, which is very nasty. You'll have a very a low risk of cardiovascular disease and a low risk of premature death. Low risk of vascular stiffness, low risk of atherosclerosis. Because the higher your active heart fitness score converted into a health impact number, that reflects physiological and molecular health adaptations. That's what most people don't know in the general community about how you become classified as physically healthy. You've got to have, the only way to do it is you have to have health adaptations going on inside your body on a regular seven day basis that change your blood profile, change the structure of your heart, have things like vascular remodeling which is another topic entirely, basically growing the number of blood vessels and also increasing the, the um, girth of those blood vessels so that it's easier for blood to flow through. All of those things reduce your risk of a cardiovascular event. There's this linear correlation. So that's why this medical biometric is important to, to, to part of put it in a little melting pot here it is the trigger or the trip wire or the trip switch to cause the other things to decrease. Does that make sense? So it's very difficult to have high blood pressure, if not impossible, if you have a high active heart fitness score. It is possible, but it's extremely unlikely. You have another medical structural problem if that's the case, which doctors will diagnose. But the it, it is a really is the, the active heart fitness score is the golden child of triggering other things. What it will also do is drop your resting heart rate score and improve the speed at which your heart recovers from physical activity. So you're walking up a flight of stairs, you get a bit puffed out, the higher your active heart fitness score, the quicker your heart rate comes down. Really important, critically important for you to be at low risk of a cardiovascular event. So that walks you through this diagram in the health coaching lab about medical biometrics, and it gives you a entry level understanding that this score, active heart fitness score, is like the light switch. If the, if the light switch is off and your active heart fitness score is low, linear correlation with a high risk of cardiovascular events and negative health adaptations which lead to that. If the light switch is on and you have a high active heart fitness score, linear correlation says, very low risk of the number one cause of sickness and the number one cause of death, cardiovascular events. That's it, everybody. I want to wrap this episode up. Thanks for letting me share with you again. I love talking about this health coaching lab and these 18 critical diagrams. Be back next, tomorrow, next week, I was going to say next week, tomorrow with another episode here in the new science of physical health. Bye for now.